You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena, the parochial vicar of St. Anne's Parish in Butte, Montana, and chaplain of Butte Central Catholic Schools. Enjoy. We as Catholics, as members of this great mystical body of Christ, don't presume to correct the world by some means of secret wisdom or something that we've been given, you know, or, or somehow something that makes us more fit to judge what is right and wrong. We correct the world or judge the world or, or condemn the evil in the world because we've been saved by the grace of God. You know, saved, saved from thinking that the terrible mess in which we find ourselves, in which we see the world, is hopeless. Crazy statistic that I just recently heard there has been. As of August 6th of this year, 2019, there's been 257 mass shootings in the United States of America this year. It's more than one per day. And this absurd violence, as well as so many other issues that we see, you know, the increase in depression and suicide, especially amongst young people, human trafficking, that we don't even know what to do anything about, the polarization of our culture that seems to increase, this gap that seems to be forming, corruption in our own church, all of these things are taking a toll on us. And that's, and rightly so, you know, these are very big things, big issues. And no matter what you think about how we ought to address these issues, we have to acknowledge that they're fundamentally just symptoms of a sickness of the soul. And we know this as Catholics because we, sort, we have the privilege of being in a communion that expands throughout the whole world and, and back 2,000 years. And that gives us a perspective that it seems like no one else is able to have. G.K. Chesterton has this incredible quote, you wrote an essay called Why, am I, Why I Am a Catholic. And it, it wasn't really his life story, it was reasons why. And one of them was this. He says, the Catholic Church is the only thing which saves a man from the degrading slavery of being a child of his time. What does that mean? It means that we often have this sort of tunnel vision for the age in which we live. We're sort of stuck in our time and place. We can't get a perspective that, that can comprehend history. Like, we, we're convinced that our time is worse than every other time, or that our time is better than every other time. And that, in a sense, cripples us. Yet we as Catholics know that the world has been messed up since Adam and Eve. And that, in a sense, it was with Abraham, with God coming and giving Abraham the covenant that a Hope sprung up in, that, in the midst of that mess. You know, Paul points to this in the second readings. Second reading today, all the patriarchs and holy women, he says this, they died in faith. They didn't receive what had been promised, but they saw it and greeted it from afar and acknowledged themselves to be aliens on the earth. So they knew there was something better coming. And he says, if, if they'd been thinking of the land from which they came, 
they would have the opportunity to return. But now they desire a better homeland, a heavenly one. The Lord has promised something, and they knew it was coming, so they held out hope that the world would somehow be different someday. That God would send the Messiah. And that we wouldn't be stuck in this sort of cycle of sin anymore. Now, I don't have time in this one homily as much as I'd love to to give an overview of the whole history of prophecy throughout the Old Testament. Maybe that's for another day. Uh, but we'd, we'd be here longer than you'd want to be here. But, in general, within Judaism, they thought that the Messiah would be a man like Moses, who by the hand of God would free them from oppression, which in Jesus' day would have meant oppression to, from Rome, and lead them out and establish a kingdom in which God could show his sort of power and majesty to the world. Now that, of course, as we know, wasn't exactly God's plan. The Messiah was a man, but he was also God, which is infinitely greater. He was He didn't come to free his people from Rome, but he came to free us from our sins, which also is infinitely greater. And he didn't found a worldly kingdom, you know, because worldly kingdoms, as we know, don't last. He founded the church, not to show his majesty and his power, but his love and his mercy. And he didn't come only for the Jewish people, but he came for the world. So God's plan is so much bigger than we could have imagined. It's so incredible. And, and think that the only reason that any of us know about it is that 2,000 years of Christians faithfully preached the gospel. 2,000 years. Straight. That's the only reason any of us even heard this. And so someone preached that to you. Was it your, could have been your parents or friends or teachers, or some great spiritual writer who so profoundly spoke about the Lord, or the Lord himself in prayer, or perhaps no one has ever really preached the gospel to you in a compelling way, and you're here out of habit or duty, but regardless, you're here and the Lord is calling you. So what does the gospel tell us today about the promises that he makes? Jesus says the Father is happy to give us salvation. He says, don't be afraid any longer, little flock, for your Father is pleased to give you the kingdom. God yearns for us to be in heaven with him for all of eternity. That's the whole story of salvation. And it's a mysterious plan. And with it, he gives us a serious responsibility. You know, I'm stunned when I realize that that 2,000 years of Christians preached the gospel, and that I got to hear it as the result. Now, if one generation would have fallen away, would have failed, would have given up the fight, then I would have never heard those life-transforming words. And I'd probably be, I don't know, at best, bumming around on some river, catching steelhead, probably catching bigger fish than I catch now. But what a thing to spend your life doing. I mean, it's just so lame. Instead, I've been called into the incredible gift of the priesthood with which comes a great, deep, and profound responsibility to preach the gospel. Because every gift, we know that every gift in this world 
comes with a burden or a responsibility. You know, the gift of children comes with the responsibility of raising them well. So it's the same for all of us. You know, probably the question I hear, it's, it's probably top three questions I hear. It's, Father, what if someone never heard the gospel and they die? They got, die not having never heard the gospel, you know, and, and not having faith. Will they go to hell? I hear that question all the time. And it's worthy of thinking about, it's worth thinking about that question. But it's not a question I worry about. I'll tell you why. I, I know that my sense of justice and mercy is limited. You know, I am not a perfectly just person. I mess up all the time in judgments of justice. Same with mercy. I'm not merciful enough to my friends, let alone my enemies. But even I can realize that there's something wrong with someone going to hell as the result of something that's outside of their control. So if I realize that, then God, who is infinitely perfect and infinitely merciful and just, I trust that he can work the situation out. But we need to ask another question when we ask that question, and it's one we don't ask as often. We'll bring it a little closer to home. If someone I know doesn't hear the gospel preached in a compelling way or see it lived out, and it's because I failed to do it, is that person going to go to heaven? We can hope so. But am I, and will I be okay? Because it's my fault. No, I will be held responsible. For I knew the gospel, I had the gift of life, and I failed to hand it on to another person. After 2,000 years of people faithfully giving the gospel to one another so that I could hear it, what happens when I fail? You know, Jesus is very clear in this. He says those who don't know the master's will and act in a way that's worthy of punishment will be punished lightly, but not those who knew the Father's will. He says much will be required of the person entrusted with much, still more of the person entrusted with more. As a priest, I feel the weight of that, those words daily. If you, as the parishioners of St. Anne's, don't hear the gospel preached in a compelling way and see it lived by me in an equally compelling way, I will not go to heaven. And, and you who have received the gift, if you have children and friends and co-workers who haven't received it, you bear the same responsibility and the same consequences if you don't live it out. And I see young people and speak to young people every single day who haven't heard the gospel. And their lives are different because of it. They don't know what to do with their lives. So is this, is this gospel a threat to us? Is the Lord threatening us? I think, in a sense, he is. But it's not one that's based in fear. It's because, it's because the consequences are so great when we don't preach the gospel. The Lord knows the consequences of this. And so he's, his words are strong. When the gospel's not preached, then people's lives have no meaning, and it's natural for them to then want others to feel the profound suffering and the profound emptiness that they feel. And then we end up with this absurd violence that we have in our culture today. 
But no one who knows Christ, no one who really knows Christ, could ever do the horrible things that we see. We know that. So if we take the mission seriously and preach the gospel with our lives and with our words, then we, then we will see that that actually matters in the world, that that will change the world in a definitive way. So take that mission seriously, both for the sake of those who need to hear the words of the gospel and for yourself who have been entrusted with such a great and incredible mission. If we do this, the world will change. The cycle of sin will be broken. The sacraments will be given to those who need them. And what a great call. So let us follow it courageously. Amen.